Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Can I be transparent with you? Uh, because if I, I feel like if I don't, this conversation is not going to hit the way I need it to hit. So in order for it to hit, I'm going to have to be uh, transparent and vulnerable in this moment. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, I, I'm so full right now. <laughs> I hate to sound like an old Baptist preacher, but when I say that I am full, I am full. And not only am I full, but I totally, utterly feel like the Holy Spirit just uppercutted me in such a way I'm still swallowing blood, okay? I, I'm going to just tell the truth. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell them myself, okay? Uh, what the old grandma say, uh, tell the truth, shame the devil. That's why I'm, I'm finna put a lot of shame in the situation. Um, I, I had a G-check moment today. Where I actually allowed myself to be worried about anything in my future um, presently that I know better than to have any human situation occur and not remember that, yes, I'm living life as a human being, but I'm actually a spirit being. <laughs> I'm a foreigner here. So, yeah, it may be some things that I'm foreign to. It may be some things that I'm uncomfortable with. But one thing's for sure, two things for certain is I win. And I don't know what it is about walking and living life in this shell that just has this um, convenient amnesia when it comes to the great things of God. I remember speaking to you when I was healing from the, the world's cooties, when we had that conversation about unfriendly reminder, I remember saying, bro, I will never allow any future situations to stir me up and make me feel some kind of way. I remember speaking to you and telling you that I'm dangerous and I'm telling you that I know stuff now <laughs> and the kingdom of darkness better be shaking in his boots. Cause I'm gonna go ahead and tell you something. Um, I'm not going to curse, but hello, uh, is going to have a run for their money. Do you understand? That's the kingdom of darkness. If you didn't catch what I was trying to say. And then today something happened I found myself having a thought. My thought then provoked me to respond in my shell. And then uh, I started to become anxious on something. And I remember very clearly God telling me through a conversation you and I just had that we are to live spirit, soul, and then shell. Whatever you know in your spirit to be true, your feelings will catch up in your soul and your body will manifest exactly what it is that you believe. So if you are fearful in your spirit, your, your soul is going to, to go ahead and process that emotion as worry. And then your body's going to go ahead and respond in the manifestation of either a headache or a stomach ache or whatever it is that your body does when it's responding to we are in danger, flight or fight. And here I was today. Thinking of something in the future, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it on it. Uh, it was finance and, and career related. And me looking at time frames and when I wanted to for something to happen. And all these other different things. And I started to realize that my breathing was becoming a little bit labored. And I was like, hmm. Because now I'm in the 
zone and season that if I start to feel off, that means that I'm outside of the covering. <laughs> that means that I am starting to color outside the box. And the box is where God has his covering, where he has me safe, where he said, listen, you have enough grace for today. So if I start coloring outside the box, then that means I'm trying to think of and carry things that are not for today. The Bible says in, in Matthew 7 to worry about today. Tomorrow has its own troubles. So when you start carrying and packing too much, that's like trying to go grocery shopping for a month. And it's all freezer and refrigerator food. For your one refrigerator, you can only pack so much. That's the equivalent to what God is saying. He's saying, listen, you have enough food, enough grace to last you for this week, for today. Okay, I gave you a miniature size refrigerator inside of your soul on purpose because I want you to plan to pack lighter. I can I could have always wired y'all to go ahead and have a freezer depth, you know, industrial size. I could have expanded what you can pack. But I know my creation. And as the creator, I said, in order for you to live a prosperous, joyous, wonderful, healthy life, the only thing that you can be focused on in totality and be healthy is today. But what do we try to do? We try to get a deep freezer, a couple of more little situations so that we can pack other situations, you know, in, in different ways. And now you are cramping square footage where God wanted you to be fruitful. Now you have it packed with something that's going to take more from the electric bill and more from your emotions. I'm trying to visually get you to see what we do in a spiritual realm. And today I had to literally call my life partner, call my husband. And I was like, whew, uh, remind me, like, get me back on track because, like, I'm doing too much. <laughs> and I, I noticed that whenever I'm starting to travel um, terrain that God is like, I don't want you there, I'm uncomfortable. But I need to know that dropping this is actually casting my care and not me being irresponsible. So after discussing with my husband, I felt better. And I was like, okay, cool. Because uh, the enemy would try to tie up some things as, no, you thinking about that is you being responsible. No, you trying to go ahead and plot point a plan is you. No, no, no. Do not coat anxiousness and worry in words that, that pacify you, like responsibility. No, being a good steward. Yeah, but you know what? But that's yours. That's mine. That's what whatever it is. Let's just peel back the layer of the pacification and call it what it is. You gave yourself an excuse to worry and be anxious about something. Because if you don't do it, then who is? God. That's why. Okay? And then here I am minding my own business. And what what does God do? He co-signs something in my um in my devotional. But that's not even the part that I had to swallow blood on. He had me go home and kind of was stirring something up in me. Whenever I know that you and I are going to have a conversation, something it, it, it like I can't describe it. It's almost like I need to word vomit. It's like, oh, I can't. And I hate to describe it as that. But that's literally like I feel like I can't hold it anymore. And so what happened was he was like, but before you go ahead and make that phone call, I want you to go back and read. And when I read it this time. Ooh, yeah, like I wish I can describe to you how I how I feel. I literally feel 
what I think I'm allowing God feel. Like, I, I think God is allowing me to feel in the spirit what he feels. You ever watched a movie? And even though you know this is a, uh, this thing is not true. It, it, it could be based on a true story, whatever. But you know that this is this is a part that this character is playing in this overall story that a somebody wrote and the director is directing right like th th this is for your entertainment but you you watch a movie you, you, let let will smith cry <laughs> let uh denzel tell you that king kong got nothing on him do you see the emotion that it evokes and those characters aren't even real but it's the fact that they're able to portray an emotion that translates so thoroughly that it transfers from the screen to your emotion, and now you find yourself crying at the Lion King. <laughs> you're looking at other, you're looking at the Notebook, like that is so beautiful. You're crying at the Titanic or whatever the movie is of choice, or you could get riled up by watching Ike and Tina Turner. You like, mm mm, what? I've got to do it. Like you feel like, ooh, tell me to eat the cake, Ike. <laughs> I tell me to eat the cake, bro. <laughs> see, see who gonna eat the cake, sir? <laughs> who got the sweet tooth now, sir? You know what I'm saying? Like it evokes an emotion, right? And you got to remind yourself like, woof, yeah, that thing had me fired up. I ain't going to hold you. Can I say something? That's exactly what I felt when I'm getting ready to read to you what I read to myself. And it's almost like I want to just give a, a, a disclaimer. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that I was making God feel that way. I didn't, I didn't know. Numbers 13, we're going to jump right into it. You, you know that I read from the NLT version, right? So brief little uh, backdrop. You know Moses sent them boys out and was like, hey, go spot the land real quick to see what we're getting ourselves into so that, you know, we can go ahead and gear up and do what needs to be done. Numbers 13, I'm going to start at verse 25. Hmm. This is the report that they came back and pretty much told them what was going down. Right. This is the land that God said, I'm rescuing you to go ahead and get this wonderful. You about to all be real estate. Like God was like low key Oprah, like you get it and you get real estate and you get land like he was giving it out. Right. And so you send these people out to be like, yo, go, go. Y'all go ahead and go see what's going on and then come back and tell us so that we can all be excited. Right. And then he he here it comes. <laughs> Numbers 13, verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. Excited, right? Like, okay, what y'all about to say? 26. To Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Bruh, spill tea, sir. What y'all about to say? 27. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Pause. What? So you mean to tell me God was right? What's, what is that? A grape? Sir, stop playing. 28. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. 29. The Amalekites live in the Negev, 
And the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. 33. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Pause. Sir, did you ask them? Like that was what they, you had a, y'all had a conversation and you was like, how do you view me? They was like grasshoppers. You was like, oh, me too. <laughs> like that's how that happened. I mean, if that was a conversation, like let it be known. But like how you already speaking on how somebody else viewed you or, or were you so connected to how you viewed yourself that you just knew that's what everybody else was thinking about you? You ever had somebody tell you that conversation? Where something embarrassing happened and they, and, they, and they said something like, and everybody was looking at me. Everybody was looking at you. Like, what you do? You froze time and real quick you did a census and was like, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, that's everybody looking at me. Like, so the way that you view yourself is so powerful and intact that you not only can confirm that you feel that way, but that everybody around you feels that way about you too. Or everybody feels sorry for you. Everybody thinks that you're a charity case. Everybody like so. What? How many people did you speak to to go ahead and confirm the sum total that is everybody? Those watch out for those everybody grandbabies, okay? Because what it really is is that you have an insecurity that you have gone ahead and confirmed that you know what this this insecurity is so potent that everybody else agrees with you in that area too. Really. Even the delusional grandbabies. Everybody thinks you're sexy? Oh. Oh, everybody's jealous of you? Really? Huh. Everybody doesn't want you to get promoted. Everybody wants to see you lose. Everybody's counting you out. Every Who's every? Who's everybody? And more than that, why you know all them? To be in tune with what they think. Do, do, do they all have your phone number? Do they all have that much of a close capacity? Because let me explain something to you. I don't know what everybody's thinking because I don't know everybody. And if I did know those everybody's, they wouldn't know this grandbaby. Why? Why do I want to be in tune to my worst nightmares? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. My worst critics are that close? Maybe those were the grandbabies that was like, you know, you got to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That That's keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Who told you that? Who said that? <laughs> Why? Why would you want your enemies to be closer? I never even seen that Judas was, was even half as close to Jesus as the other disciples. It was probably twice. Once when he was like, uh, it was clear that Judas was stealing. And then the other one, when Judas dipped the bread, and he was like, uh, buddy who dipped the bread is the one that's going to go ahead and betray me. 
But when it was time to go into secret places and do some awesome things or have some private time with God or, you know, go ahead to the mountaintop, um, he didn't take Judas with him. So where did you learn keep your friends close and your enemies closer? How? Jesus didn't do that. He was very clear. Once you identify who somebody is in your life, you play according to their role. When you're an enemy, you don't get kept close. Who told you that? And the words of Portia, who said that? Be very careful. See, and that's why you cannot conform to the world. Because you'll, you'll hear something as stupid as that and think that is wisdom. You got to keep the grass cut low so you can see the snakes. No, how about you just go ahead and just desnaknatize? Okay, it's a new word. I just made it up. Okay, um, your lawn. No, I don't want any snakes in my lawn, period. Yeah, that's why you got to keep it cut low. No, that means that even if I slip up and I let it grow a little higher, that I don't have to walk in my safe place of my lawn uh, with caution. That means that I want a thorough assessment of who's around me, who's encamped around me, who is in this thing with me, so that if I decide that I want to go ahead and walk barefoot, I don't have to keep it low to be uh, concerned about what may or may not bite me. You know, okay? And I'm squinting like a son in the room because I don't get it. Because people cut they, they, uh, grass all the time. But anyway, let's move on. Um, but yeah, watch out for those kind of grandbabies, okay? Like, honestly and truly. Here, here, and, and, and the slick part, very uh, serpent-like. He started off real good, right? Like, listen, it is indeed the land of milk and honey. It's bountiful. Here is the fruit it produces. And then guess what happens with those kind of grandbabies? They always got a butt comma. But the people living there are powerful. And so you just, bro, you should have just started off with like, yeah, so it was terrible, but we got some fruit. <laughs> you understand? It, 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 we, we have no, uh, we don't stand a chance. Uh, but, look, but look at this, this mango, our boy. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Delectable, by the way. Beautiful. What kind of mindset does a person have to have and sustain to know what God said to confirm and see with their own eyes that what God said was true, but to still count themselves out because of how they view themselves. What kind of person, what broken soul, what disconnect in the spirit does a person have to maintain to sustain that kind of stagnation? How? What? Who? Yikes. But that's not even the part that really got me. It's because of what this person said, because of this one person's report. When you go over to the next chapter, Numbers 14, here's how it starts off. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. I'm going to read that again. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night because of one person's report. Two, their voices rose in a great chorus of protests against Moses and Aaron. If we only had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Three, 
Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Four. Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Five. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Six. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. Seven, they said to the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explore is a wonderful land. Eight, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Nine. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. 10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the Israelites at the tabernacle. 11. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miracles, signs I have done among them. (sighs) Will they never believe me? Pause. (sighs) I can't. Bro, I need you. I need you to hear that again. Numbers 14, verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? Let me explain something to you that hurt me. Like, real talk, like I'm getting a little flustered like that hurt me that hurt me because I know that there's nothing new under the sun right Ecclesiastes said that I know that if the Israelites battled with that that we if we're honest we battled with that too but it pains me to feel like God could possibly look down at me and say the same thing that he can possibly look down at us and say bruh after all I've done You still worrying about something? After all I've done, you still letting the finance situation make you feel some kind of way? After all I've done, you allowing the news reports and the media to make you kind of feel some kind of fear? After all I've done, after all I've brought you through, after everything I've done, that's what you still feel like? And I got angry when I read that. Because I said, wait a minute, to put things in perspective, this is after the Red Sea. This is after he did all the plagues. This is after crying out to God for 400 years. This is after seeing manna. Nobody else has seen that. Nobody else has seen the Red Sea open up. Nobody else has seen Pharaoh and anything that bothered them and chased them from their past die in their present. Nobody else has experienced that. And then here you go, actually hearing somebody say, yo, listen, what he said is true. 
with our own eyes, we saw the land of milk and honey. We brought back some fruit. We can take this over. And instead of believing the change of Joshua and, and Jacob, instead of believing that of Joshua and Caleb, you'd rather kill the change that could have possibly changed your future so that you can suffer the way that you like to suffer comfortably in stagnation. It was easier for them to cry and plot a plan to go back to Egypt than to believe all that God has shown them and team up with Caleb and Joshua. You really are going to live a life that has God saying, after all I've done, after all I've done, you, and I, and I, t- I got a whole... The thing that's different between you and the Israelites is that I gave you 60, 60 books, bro. 60 I gave you the Bible to reference. I gave you your own life to reference. I gave you Jesus on Calvary. I gave you a resurrected Savior. I gave you more than what I gave them. And after all I've done, after all I've done, you still, you still don't believe after all I've done, you think I told you nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard for God. Like I literally said, if I said it, it's going to happen. If you believe it, matter of fact, I'm going to make it small. Believe it the size of a mustard seed. If you can believe it, matter of fact, if you can get somebody to touch and agree with you, if you can go ahead and get a Hannah on you, if you can go ahead and get an Eli situation, if you can go ahead and just believe it minutely, I will, I will bring it to pass. That if you bind it on earth, that it will be bond, bound in heaven. And if you loose it in earth it will be loose in heaven and I'm giving you all this power and all this dominion and I'm giving you everything and you still don't believe me you still don't believe me you still gonna let a financial hiccup make you forget you still gonna let somebody else's situation make you not believe in marriage you still gonna let somebody else who who decide to pair up with somebody who has a greedy heart make you think that everybody cheats you're still going to try to believe that no matter what happens, that your skin color is already going to set you back. You're still going to believe that your gender is fighting against you. You're still going to believe that. After all I've done in your life, after all I've done in somebody else's life, after all that I let you read in the Bible, after all I let you experience, you're still going to believe that. After everything I've done, I couldn't imagine being on the throne And having God say that about my life, that angers me. I feel something behind that. I don't like that. That the enemy is more, he has more of a hold on your past and how you think about something that God can't even shake you with evidence of it. That you still believe that it was better to be in Egypt when you got fruit in front of you of the land of milk and honey. You still believe that way. Why? Why do you choose that? Why did you choose this day? I'm going to believe like I used to believe. That even though I'm not in slavery, I'm going to keep that mindset. Why? Why? There is something about that that angers me. I don't like that. There's something about being shackled that doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that. It's something about the enemy having more power over your mind than God has over your heart that don't sit well with me. I don't like that. That don't sit well with me. 
And I know that we're human. And God gives a lot of leniency to that, more than I could ever understand, more than I can ever understand. But I can't imagine having this much evidence and still having that little faith. I can't do it. I refuse. That hurt my feelings. After all I've done, after all he's done, and we still believe that way. After all he's done, he's been so good. And we comfortable saying it in a song or comfortable saying it in church. He's been too good, but he really has. He really has. But you still think that way. You still believe when them doctors say something. You still get nervous when you get that report. You still get nervous when you still feel that pain. You still get nervous when you look at your time clock and you don't got kids yet. You still get nervous when your plans don't come to pass. But what about Jeremiah 29, 11? Like it pains me. Like I'm hurt. Like real talk. And I'm not being the G that I want to be, but like I'm hurt. Because like literally I can feel God. I read that and that, that pain, that the way that I'm connected. If that's what I make him feel, then like I'm hurt. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, gosh, I hate this shell because it's Egypt wired and I got to break from that. And we got to break from that. And I don't ever want it to be a time that I'm okay with looking like Egypt. Not after everything he's done. I can't allow that. That's crazy to me. And as the tears rolled down my face, I refused to lose that brutally. You got too much evidence to still be in Egypt. You got too much evidence to still be in Egypt. I need you to break free of that. And the beauty is that he don't even expect you to do it by yourself. Like, literally, you have a Savior. You got the Holy Spirit. You got angels encamped around you. You got scripture to lean on. You got brothers in the faith. You got a Bible. You, got a, you, could, you have too much to still be that small. I can't. That's crazy to me. And that's the ultimate G-check. Like, I needed that. I, I refuse. I refuse. Like, I, I can't even, my, the way that my, I'm visualizing the Israelites literally being at a fork in the road. You can choose fear and what you had, or you can press past your emotions and get what you've never had before. And with the evidence of people reporting, if nothing else, at least what Caleb and Joshua reported and the evidence of the fruit that you've never seen, you chose to go back to what you already had. I can't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You came that far just to come that far. You, you overcame that just, just to say that you did. 
Like, like real talk, let's play the tape for it. If you went back to Egypt, would you not feel embarrassed? Like, like God, that's embarrassing. You, you experienced something that you would have to describe to people. You had manna? Like what do you like? What do you mean? Like it was raining food? Like yeah, like it, you sure it wasn't rain? Like the the things that you experience would only be the imagination for somebody else, and you would go back. You would go back after you experienced that. You would have to describe to somebody else what it looked like for the Red Sea to split open and for it to be dry ground. And for the, the for Pharaoh and the chariots and all his men to attempt it and they died in it. You would have to describe that to somebody else. That's that's where you were. Not where you're going. Like, do you understand? Like, that's embarrassing. Let me... Let me wipe my face real quick because my mind is blown. I'm gonna. I probably said this before, but when I when I say it this time, like it's gonna be the realest talk I've ever spoke. I will never be the same again. I can't. Like, I don't care that you know we're human and we're clay and we. Mm-mm. I don't want to be like everybody else. And I don't want God, as he's writing my name in the book of life, to have to write any part of my chapter that looks like Numbers 13 and 14. That he has to write and feel something in his heart that says, after all I've done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I'm, I'm going to rebuke myself. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to rebuke myself. I can't. And And... Now that you know, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And that's my challenge to you. I need you to understand that everything that you will ever face, you have already won. I need you to understand that anything you will ever face, you faced before on a different scale. You've had money issues before, it just was on a smaller scale. You've had relationship issues before. It just was in a different environment. You had job issues before. It just was in a different location. You will, it literally, can I give you a spoiler alert? It will be the same category, just different prospects. That's all. And so just remind yourself, I had a money issue before. Key operative word, had. And I overcame that. I had a relationship issue before. Key operative word, had. And God navigated me through that. I had a discomfort in the workplace before. Key operative word, had. And God navigated me through that. I need you. I wish the Israelites would have said the same thing. We were scared before. But God navigated me through that. We didn't know what was going to happen before. And God navigated me through that. I need you to remind yourself of that because it's so easy to have experienced all that greatness to go ahead and plot point what you were comfortable with, which is what you had before. Key operative word. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to drive home? Like, seriously. Like, I'm not having these conversations just to be talking. I'm talking because I'm literally trying to shake your spirit and your soul through the telephone so that you can hear something different. Because the Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing. And so maybe if you heard something different, you will start walking different. Let me wipe my nose. Hold on. No, I'm serious. Hold on. Because, mm-mm. Yeah, we're not, we not going to be saying, mm-mm, I, I, I can't. The S on my chest is for superwoman, not stagnation. The S on my chest is for superwoman, not stagnation. It, it is, I promote all things striving and inspiring on purpose. The S don't stand for stagnation. Do you understand me? Yeah, I, I, I got to unpack this on a different level because, like, what the Holy Spirit just did just now, I didn't even see that coming. I ain't going to hold you. But uh, I will never have it again where I, in any capacity, in any of my knowing, live a life that has God saying, after all I've done, you still don't believe. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a yeah. We gonna we gonna move different this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we gonna move different. I mm-mm. You can't be a, listen. I'm a, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now. Real talk. If you plan on being a part of me, okay, we gonna be believing different. I'm gonna go ahead. Listen. Call, call me what you want. Say I'm funny acting. Say oh, ever since we had that one conversation, you've been different. Because guess what? Spoiler alert. Very different. Okay. Um, I'm getting ready to tell you now. If you get catch this wave. Because I'm getting ready to serve. And when I get on this wave, I'm not going to be where you last saw me. You understand that? Yeah, it's uh, it's a different level. <laughs> it's a different mindset. Like, I'm up. Like, we up. Uh, you coming with me? If not, I see you on the top whenever you decide to get there. But guess what? I will have already been there. And then once you get there, I will be trying to go ahead and get to another level. Like, at this point, like, we not, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, we, uh, I hate to say it because I always believe, you know, no grandbaby left behind, but how I feel now, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to be the two out of the 12. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the Caleb and Joshua. Like, I, it's so gangster <laughs> that we don't even know the other people that was with Joshua and uh, Caleb. We don't even know their names. Yeah, I don't, like, uh-uh. My, my my life is gonna have some it's gonna have a name to it <laughs> yeah when when uh my my life is gonna have something that looks a little bit like I, I did something with her <laughs> when God asked me what did you do with what I gave you I want to be able to say how much time you got bro <laughs> you 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 sitting down <laughs> on the throne okay cool let me tell you so first it happened when I was first born and then in second grade like I want to be able like take him all the way back you understand I want God to trust me so thoroughly with my life that it, it don't take a Hezekiah situation for me to cry to him he just sees the value in my life enough to extend it to say mm, well her I'm doing great things I ain't gonna hold you let me go ahead and just tap a put a little bit on the back end <laughs> you understand like we up we up. That's all I'm going to say to you. So you decide what you want to be when it comes to that, but uh, we up. 
I would love for it to be you, me, and the whole crew. But if it's not, then we gonna be up with somebody else because um the first group of Israelites didn't make it. Uh. But the second did. So if we can't, Josh, Joshua was initially, Caleb was initially talking to the first group. Like we could do it. They didn't believe it. So that we went from being the first group of Israelites to the second group. We still up. It's just not with y'all. <laughs> you understand? But listen, I ain't going to hold you. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. Real talk. Let me wipe my nose again. Hold on. Because I, I don't do the sniffles. Uh, and in case you try to tell somebody that I sniffled, I'm going to just say it's cold outside. Even though I'm sitting down in the house. Mind your business, it's cold outside. Um, you know these conversations are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, life-provoking conversations. Uh-huh. Conversations that who but your favorite homegirl is going to have with you. Spilling my own tea bringing my own lemons, bringing all the honey. Bring, l- listen, at this point, I'm going to call it a tithe. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to start calling my tea tithe because at this point, giving very much, <laughs> giving very much tithey, like sacrificial, like is what I'm, don't at me, okay? Um, But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go so I can clear up the rest of what happened because it was cold outside. And we talk later, okay? Later.